I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let us pray. Lord God, you are holy and righteous. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and there is none like you, Lord God. Guide my heart, guide my thoughts, guide my words, guide my actions so that I will continue to decrease and you will increase, Lord God. Destroy every yoke, Lord God. Don't just break it, but destroy it because things that are broken can be put back together, Lord God. In your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture for today's message comes from Genesis chapter 50, starting with the 15th verse. That is Genesis chapter 50, starting with the 15th verse. And if you don't mind, could you please stand for the reading of God's word? Hear ye the word of the Lord. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, this you shall say to Joseph. I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you now please forgive the trespass of your servants of the God of your father and Joseph wept when they spoke to him then his brothers also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we are your servants Joseph said to them do not be afraid for am I in the place of God but as for you You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Let let, let me say that again. For as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. God's word for God's people. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, For the time that we are to share together, I want to talk about handling your haters. Handling your haters. Hater, urban English vernacular, aka slang is a person that simply cannot be happy for another person's success. So rather than be happy, they make a point of exposing a flaw in that person. Hating, the result of being a hater, is not exactly jealousy. No, no, no. The hater doesn't really want to be that person he or she hates. The hater just wants to knock someone else down a notch. An example would be Susan and Jane talking together, and Susan says, You know, Kevin from accounting is doing really well. Just bought a house in a very nice part of town. And Jane, the hater, 
responds, well, if he's doing so well, why is he driving that 89 Taurus? That example was provided by UrbanDictionary.com. A hater is someone that simply just can't be satisfied with their own life. They must speak ill of others. We all have our haters. Someone who may not care for us, may not care for our people, may not care for our job, may not care for our preaching. We can all think of a hater. Even if we don't hang around them that much, we can think of one. And if we can't think of one, you might be the hater. Some don't necessarily mean to speak ill of people. They just might be a little bit overly critical. But there's others out there who just can't get to sleep at night unless they say something bad about somebody. Haters like to broadcast your failures, but they'll whisper your success. I've, uh, I've learned to appreciate those who have something negative to say about me. It drives me to do that much better. See, in football, they tackle the person with the ball because they pose the biggest threat to score. In basketball, they double-team the person that scores the most. In baseball, when a real good hitter comes in, the infield backs up. <laughs> they have respect for what you can do, and so they do something about it. If you are capable of doing big things, your adversary is going to try to do something to stop it. Life is not going to be all peaches and cream and everything is going to be nice all the time. There will be places, people, and things that you struggle with. The Bible says in Job, the man born of a woman is full a few days and full of trouble. The Bible says in Isaiah that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We often talk about how it won't prosper, but we don't talk about the fact that the weapon was still formed. Psalm says, you prepare a table before me in the midst of my enemies. We talk about the table, but we forget that the enemies are still there. First Peter says, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire we trial, which is to try you as so such something strange is happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Beloved, think it not strange that people will talk about you. Beloved, think it not strange that everything won't go your way. Beloved, think it not strange that you will have some trials and some tribulations, some haters, some people who just don't like you. During the time of Peter's writing that, people were literally being burned at the stake for their beliefs. So if they can be burned at the stake for their beliefs, I'm sure we should be able to deal with some negative talk. We are meant to go through some trials and tribulations, but we will come out on the other side that much better. But in the meantime, we need to handle our haters. Joseph had his fair share of haters. Joseph, the 11th son of Jacob, later called Israel. Jacob had Joseph in his old age with his wife, Rachel. Jacob worked 14 years to marry Rachel, 14 long years 
worked seven years and got tricked into marrying Leah, and then worked another seven years to marry Rachel. Worked 14 long, hard years for his woman. And some of us won't tag ours on Facebook. Let me stop. Before y'all start saying I'm hating. <clears throat> Joseph, the son of Jacob. Joseph, the grandson of Isaac, the great-grandson of Abraham, the father of the three major religions. Both Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all claim descendants of him. Joseph in Hebrew means adding, or he will add, repeater or doubler. God added to Joseph, and because God kept adding to Joseph, he has some haters. Joseph was one of Jacob's favorites. Jacob gave him a coat of many colors, and his brothers didn't like that. So Joseph had haters in his own family. Joseph's brothers thought that it should have taken him a little longer to get what he got. A hater might think it might take you a little longer to get what you got. Might take a little longer to get to the east than it did. Might take a little longer to become a special deputy than it did. Might take a little longer to become a district deputy. How are they a Grand Lodge officer? <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. Might think it'd take a little long to get that promotion. Take a little longer to get that job than they fought. Or even get that job at all. How did they get that? Why can't I get that? But you got to understand that we as believers, our system is set up a little different than the world. Uh, man promotes based on merit. But God promotes based on favor. Do I have any witnesses in the building? God promotes based on favor. And because God promotes based on favor, when you look back over your life and you think that all of God has done for you, if someone were to ask you how, all you could say is if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And you ain't even really got to look that far. You woke up this morning. Got started on your way, in your right mind, food on your table, clothes on your back, roof over your head. Everybody didn't get that this morning. Promoting based on favor. You are blessed. The Bible says you are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the field. You are blessed in your coming and your going. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and shall never be beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are blessed. You have favor. And you are blessed to bless others. When God wants to do something for us, he doesn't need our permission. He doesn't have to follow the rules that man has set aside. He can do as he sees fit. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. Somebody thank God for favor. Now, 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 that doesn't mean you're not supposed to do work. What it means is that God can take your work and push it a whole lot further than had you just tried to do it yourself. So Joseph, with his coat of many colors, goes on to tell his, hey, I mean his brothers, 
about a vision that God had gave him for his greatness. Now, if I could have gave Joseph some advice at the time, I mean, I can't now, but if I could have, or if I could give it to anybody in here, I would say, when God reveals some plans for you, they ain't meant to be shared with everybody else. See, 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 some of the things that God has in store for you, some of the people around you won't be able to handle that. And some of the other people around you ain't supposed to be around you no more when it comes to pass. Get a bunch of inspirational emails about people being in your lifetime for a reason or a season. That means they're not supposed to be around for everything that comes to pass. And you might just add a few more haters to your list when you tell them. His brothers couldn't take that, so they planned to kill him. His brother Reuben spoke up for him. And then his brother Judah spoke up for him. And Judah came up with another plan for him instead of killing him. And I take comfort in that because, see, Judah in Hebrew means praise. So here you have somebody at the bottom of the pit on the brink of death. And the only thing that got them out of the pit was praise. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when I'm in a bad situation, I'm going to praise my way through. Whether I'm broke, I'm going to praise my way through. Whether I'm rich, I'm going to praise my way through. Whether I got a bunch of friends, I'm going to praise my way through. Whether I got no friends, I'm going to praise my way through. Why? Because if I praise, God is there with me. He inhabits the praises of his people. So praise your way through. So they sold him to slavery and uh, he ended up in Egypt working for Potiphar. Now, 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 Joseph was not a bad looking man. I'm, I'm still in the Bible right around chapter 39, verse 6. It says he was a handsome man. And Potiphar's wife came on to him, so Joseph ran. We ought to do that a little more often. When, when we see something, as the young folks say, ratchet, run. It's a lot less stress in your life if you avoid it. If you stick around and try to reason with it, you're going to get dragged down with it. Mark Twain said, don't argue with an idiot because they'll drag you down to your level and beat you with experience. Run when you see those bad situations. But he still got caught up, put in jail. But even jail couldn't keep a man like Joseph down. Because Joseph did what God wanted him to do. And everything that he did, the Lord was with him. Joseph lived his life according to what God said and not what his haters said. And because of that, he even helped other people get out of jail before him. A butler and a baker got out before him and they forgot about him on the way. But you can't really be worried about that. You spend time worrying about what you've done for others and what they did or did not do for you you'll miss your opportunity. Joseph still capitalized on his opportunity and got out of jail and interpreted the dream that Pharaoh had. 
and went on to leave Egypt through feast and famine. We have to understand that life has hills and valleys. We go through changes. But if we can understand that these times come and go, we'll be able to get through them that much better. Joseph was able to get through them that much better, regardless of what the haters said. He rose to power and helped the kingdom. And then his original haters came back. His brothers. Just when you get over somebody or something, something from your past, something from Joseph's past, tried to drag him back. Somebody trying to drag you down. Remind you of your past. Remind you when you didn't have it all together. Leave my past in my past. My past is there for me to learn from it, not for you to remind me of it. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. If you don't want that one, I got another one for you. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of Christ Jesus, who also has laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things behind me and reaching forward, pressing towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Leave my past in my past. I'm moving forward. So Joseph's brothers come to Egypt. Now I'm to my sermon. Everything else was an introduction. <laughs> Joseph's brothers came to Egypt. His haters came and it started reminding him of his past. One of the first things Joseph did when he came to Egypt is he met with Benjamin. He had to go see Benjamin. Why? Because Benjamin had the same mother and father as him. The other brothers weren't necessarily the same as him. They had the same father but a different mother. He had a bond with Benjamin. See, in order to handle your haters, first point is you have to surround yourself with like-minded people. See, when you surround yourself with like-minded people, you have the support to deal with the haters and you can stop them in the tracks. They can support you. They can pick you up when you fall. Like-minded. Having a like disposition or purpose. Of the same mind or habit of thought. That is like-minded. Not yes men. Like-minded with the same habit of thought. Meaning they bring different tools to the workplace. But they all work with the same level of excellence. Studies have even shown that people who surround themselves with like-minded people are able to cope with stress and trials and tribulations a whole lot better than people who are not surrounded or in a close community. Second thing you have to do in order to deal with your haters is you got to be willing to reach out and repair the breach. Even if it's not your fault. Man, you can hear a pin dropping here now. That's all right. You may have some haters that just got something wrong with them. 
but others might be frustrated behind some sort of misunderstanding. I'm, I'm surprised about how many disagreements I've seen people get into about something they thought the other person thought. Nothing was ever said, but they assumed what one person was going to do, like an election. Uh, they assumed what somebody was going to do. And when something else happened without any kind of communication, folks got mad. You got to be willing to reach out and repair the breach. Joseph reached out to his family, even though he messed with them a little bit because they didn't recognize him. He still was able to reach out and repair the breach. See, he was a powerful man. If he wanted to, he could have had his brothers killed on sight. But instead, he chose to repair the breach. He did what he had to do to get back with his family. The Bible tells us, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained a brother. But if he will not hear, take one or two more with you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Reach out and repair the breach. Joseph reached out to his family. He sent word after all these years. And because he reached out and repaired the breach, his children got to see their grandfather. And they got to repair the breach and get the, they, they got the blessings before he died. Life is too short to allow the hate to keep us away from family. Next thing we need to do when dealing with the haters is understand that we ain't all that to begin with. I know we like to be the heroes in our own stories, but uh, we can't take ourselves that serious. When Jacob died, the brothers got scared that Joseph was going to do something to him because, you know, siblings act a little different when the parents aren't around. It's always a little different. But what did Joseph say when they explained their words? He said, I'm not God. Right around 50 verse 19 read in your hearing. Joseph went on to say, for what you meant evil for me, God meant it for good. We don't have to take ourselves so seriously because what God has for us is for us. And we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It's going to work out. So that means the good things are going to work out. The bad things are going to work out. If it's all good right now, it's still going to work together. If it's all bad right now, it's still going to work together. Not some things, but all things work together. And once we have it, no one can take it from us. For the Bible says, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What God has for me is for me, and you can't take it from me. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I've been waiting to get there the whole sermon. Because the last thing we got to do about our haters is forgive them. (laughs) 
Joseph forgave his hating brothers. And we are to forgive our haters. You know who else did some forgiving? Jesus. I mean, I've been talking about Joseph the whole time, but I've been thinking about Jesus. We have to be able to forgive others because Jesus forgave us. How does that prayer go? Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We are forgiving, so we must forgive others. The Bible says, for he made him who knew no sin become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We need to forgive our haters because Jesus forgave us. It goes on to say that no greater no love than this, one who will lay down his life for his friends. We need to forgive others because Jesus forgave us. The Bible goes on to say that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We need to forgive our haters because Jesus forgave us. The Bible goes on to continue to say in him, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to his riches of grace. Again, I say, we got to forgive our haters because Jesus forgave us. We have to forgive them because Jesus forgave us when he stepped out of eternity and became a human man. Lived a life I could not live. Died a death I could not die. Became the perfect sacrifice. And because he did that, we are forgiven. They took him to Calvary, a.k.a. Golgotha, a.k.a. the place of the score, and hung him up between two thieves. He paid the price with nails in his hand, nails in his feet, a piercing in his side, a crown of thorn on his head, and he died for our sins because we were supposed to be there. And because he forgave us, we ought to forgive them. But that's not where the story ends because he died. And they put a rock uh-huh. in a rock yeah. and put a rock outside the rock. But they didn't understand that the rock on the inside of the rock was greater than the rock outside the rock. So early that third day, he got up with all power in his hands. And because he did that, I am forgiven and I am moving forward. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come.